0: The building was between Mulberry and Houston, one block off East Bay. She could walk to work from her townhouse on Factors Walk to 66 Angelus Street. Thing is, Lavinia acknowledged sadly, the cemetery kind of puts folks off. A breeze scented with the dank water smell of the river stirred around them both. She shivered a little and drew her worn sweater tightly around her skinny frame. "'Might not be so bad if I had the get-up-and-go to tidy the graves up a bit, but my motor's kind of slow-starting these days,' she tugged at her lower lip a little sadly. "'I suppose you've seen all you want to see now.' Bree put her own warm hand on the old lady's shoulder and said tactfully, "'Nothing a few loads of mulch and a pile of azaleas won't fix. "'I'd love to take a look at the offices, "'and I did tell you I wouldn't need the space for long, six months at most.' "'Mrs. Mathers smiled that sunny smile. "'You might find yourself liking it a lot more than you think right now.' "'The space for rent was the first floor of a small house "'built in the early eighteenth century,' a time when the streets of Savannah had been paved with mud and horse manure, and the air shrill with the cries of slave auctioneers. The house stood flat in the middle of a tiny cemetery of ill-tended graves. The general air of decay and dirt would put any prospective renter off, Bree thought. As for clients, phew! A wrought-iron fence surrounded both house and cemetery— par for the course in a city where every house in the historic district was wrapped with the stuff. The design of this fence was different from the usual magnolia or ivy leaves, though. Each panel was made of spheres so artfully created they seemed to spin in the sunlight. The house was sided in chipped, dingy clapboard that badly needed paint, but the roof was intact, or seemed to be, and the window and door frames were solid. Maybe the interior wouldn't be as moldy as she feared. Bree kept a steady hand on Mrs. Mather's arm as the two of them negotiated the crumbling brick steps to the front door. The old lady fumbled successfully with the key, and Bree followed her in to face a sudden burst of glorious color in the foyer. "'I don't believe it,' she said, startled into rudeness. She bit her lip. I do beg your pardon, Mrs. Mather. Either Mrs. Mather was a little deaf, or she tactfully chose to ignore Bree's outburst. They were in a tiny foyer with a well-polished pine floor. On the right, a steep staircase led up to the second story. Brightly painted medieval angels covered the risers. Deep purple ribbons twined through the vivid crimson robes. "'Stiff gold halos stood up behind their heads like half-risen suns. "'Silver-gilt hair flowed over their shoulders to their booted feet. "'The angels marched in a stately parade up the stairs to a short landing "'and then disappeared around the turn. Bree had a sudden, fervent desire to see the rest of the frieze. "'The contrast between this and the weedy mess outside was astonishing.' She was halfway up the stairs before Mrs. Mather called her to her senses. "'Come on into the living room, honey.' Bree abandoned the beautiful stairway with reluctance and went through the foyer to a small, bare living room. A white-painted brick fireplace sat against the far wall. The walls were paneled in beautifully polished oak. "'Mind your head,' Lavinia cautioned from the living-room as Bree followed her inside. the ceilings were low, like the ceilings in Bree's own home in Raleigh, although Bree thought a little ruefully the only rooms at Plessy that were as small as this one were the old servants' quarters on the third floor, and nobody used them any more. The living-room was perhaps fifteen by fifteen. A brick fireplace with an Adam-style mantle took up one wall. The outside wall had one window that faced a tangled mass of weeds. On the wall opposite the window, two little archways led to tiny rooms on either side of a closed door. Kitchens off to the left there, Lavinia said briskly.